When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Vivian McPeak, and this is Hemp Present. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hemp Present, email me at hemppresent at gmail.com. Sean Denae and Bill Wagonseller are the co-owners of Washington Bud Company. They are propelled by the vision of prospering as a multi-generation company and share the goal of establishing a legacy in the future of the cannabis industry. They are accomplishing this by creating quality cannabis products. Washington Bud Company began providing clean cannabis in 2012 for the patients of safe access points and had the benefit of time to hone their strain selections, which have since gained popularity in the recreational adult market. Washington Bud Company was the first in the Pacific Northwest to voluntarily test its flower for pesticides, maintaining its reputation for growing clean. Sean writes a monthly column for Marijuana Venture Magazine detailing behind the curtain topics of being a legal cannabis cultivator. She is an active board member of the Washington Sun and Craft Growers Association and a founding member of the Cannabis Alliance. She's also a dear friend, and I'm honored to have her with me today to tell us more about her company and issues she cares about. Welcome, Sean, to Cannabis Radio. Thank you, Vivian. Yeah, My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And full disclosure, I've been with Seattle Hemp Fest for 31 years, and Washington Bunk Company has sponsored Hemp Fest and related events in the past. But that has zero bearing on my next statement that, based on my observations, I'm not aware of a cannabis producer with a better reputation within the statewide cannabis community here in Washington. Um, let, let's begin, Sean, by having you describe your operation. What does the Washington Bud Company do, and what does your operation look like? Yeah, well, you know, our, our reputation is everything. We we started in medical and I and I juice my leaves. So the guys had to figure out how to grow it clean because I wasn't going to put shit in my blender, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so we started growing for the medical community when we had two properties in Shoreline. Well, those couldn't be zoned for legal cannabis grows. And when Snohomish County opened up for legal cannabis grows um, in 2014, we started looking at property up here and bought a 10 acre piece. It's, it's just absolutely beautiful. It's treed. I wake up every morning on a pot farm. Um, it feels like a park and we came from the construction industry. So we designed our buildings specifically for growing cannabis. Um, we built two buildings um, and, uh, and now we, we, are all lock, stock, and barrel up here in, in North Snohomish County and uh, and grow in those two buildings. We harvest every four weeks, just like clockwork we have for over seven years. I can tell you seven years from now when we're going to be harvesting because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a process. And, yeah. uh, and we've got it down. It's, you know, Vivian, I really think that when you know, we all started talking about legalization and getting all excited about legalization, I think what Bill and I have been able to accomplish is really the idyllic vision of what 
many of us had hoped for. Um, you know, having a small family centric, passionate crew, um, you know, that can, uh, that can put out a really good quality product. And our son is our head grower and he's supported by seven other full-time employees that bounce back and forth between the garden and harvesting and cloning and packaging and trimming and, and, um, just putting it all together. And, um, so we've been able to find a real good balance that unfortunately a lot of people just have really struggled to find. So we knock on wood and encounter blessings every day. Sean, you got in almost immediately after Washington State legalized recreational cannabis sales. You were one of the first to form a company and hit the ground running. What were you doing? Well, I can't even mention that. You're doing construction before Washington Bug Company. And what made mm-hmm. you decide to take that leap into a nascent industry with all the unknowns that the cannabis industry was <laughs> 10 years ago in 2012? Well, we did uh, major remodels, so ripping roofs off of Crossman-style homes and, and you know blowing out the back yard and doing lots of master bedroom suites and and kitchen remodels and and you know you're always out on a limb in that in that business there's so much liability that can happen and you know again knock on wood we never we never got into legal trouble or had to deal with any lawsuits but what really kicked us out of that and into the cannabis um was twofold um one was we went to Hempfest for the first time in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, we had been busted in 1987 in Wyoming for the largest marijuana grow. And that's what pushed us to Seattle because their marijuana policies were just much more lax. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we started growing again here. And then when our oldest son was in fifth grade, he said that the DARE officer told him that we were criminals and he'd have to turn us in. So after the Wyoming experience, we just shut down the grow altogether, stopped smoking, stopped being in the culture um, and focused on our on our construction business. My health started going down. I didn't relate it to the fact that I wasn't smoking uh, marijuana anymore, but we were going to Canada and Mexico to get any sort of uh, anti-inflammatory painkillers that I could put my hands on just so that I could sleep at night, get up oh. and function in the day. So when we showed up at Hempfest in 2010, some dude hands me a joint and I go down by the rocks and light it up and there's a cop standing right there and he doesn't do shit about it. And as soon as <laughs> I took that first inhale, Vivian, it was like my old friend was back. It was it, the pressure in my brain released. It was just like, I, I almost tear up to this day thinking about it. So, oh, um, so that's when I first heard about medical marijuana. It's like, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> I need to look into this. And uh, so I started reading as much as I could about it, started, you know, got some clones, started dabbling and growing again. Um, uh, we built uh, garages in our backyards to grow and service the medical community. In 2010, in 2012, we branded Washington Bud Company. But what really uh, pushed us over was, um, in 20, um, what was that? In 2017, when the stock, or I mean, 2007, when the stock market crashed uh, and the mortgage prices crashed and all of that, uh, 
that was really hard for us to continue with our construction business because we lost lines of credit all over the place. Um, construction companies really uh, need lots of lines of credit and banks just pulled them. So we kind of licked our wounds through 2007, 2008, 2009. And when we went to Hempfest in 2010, we were like, this is our gig. It's time to get back into this community. It's time to, to do this at a proper scale. And so. And then the began. law changed, right? And then, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, you, you, you know, I, I was gutted when G. Colwell's medical marijuana bill, you know, got gutted by uh, Gregoire. That was. Yes. Really devastating. Not good. But it's, it's been a, yeah. a up and down battle. You've said that the local market has been flooded with cheap and untested cannabis products and you were the first regional cannabis producer to test your product for weed your, your weed for pesticides and i assume other impurities why was the Heavy market metals. why was the market flooded and what made you take the initiative to test your product well it currently is flooded um what what originally made us test is um the department of health had had testing for pesticides and heavy metals set up back then when, when 502 started. And, you know, I was claiming that our product was pesticide free, but by going along the Department of Health protocol of testing, that proved it. I mean, you know, trust, but verify. I'm a, I'm a big trust, but verify. And, um, you know, so I wanted to be able to go out there and show a piece of paper that not only what I am saying is true, but the labs think it's true too. And, um, so that's what started us on that path. And we were the first in the state, actually, not just Puget Sound, but the first flower company in the whole state to test for pesticides and heavy metals under the Department of Health program. And uh, so what's happened now um, in the, what has it been, eight years? Um, you know, there's a bunch of us that have been jumping up and down that, that the rules need to uh, um, demand pesticide testing because um, there just wasn't any of that. And patients are telling me that when they buy other people's product, they were getting sick and it didn't taste good. And, you know, so anyway, it's taken years and years and years, but finally the LCB did adopt mandatory pesticide testing. So anything that was harvested prior to April 1 of this year is exempt from pesticide testing. But everything harvested after April has to have a pesticide test. So now what's happening is all the product that was harvested prior to April, it has to be sold to the stores prior to September 30th, or else they'll need to pesticide test it. So companies grew it under the old rules that they didn't have to pesticide test. So who knows what it's got on it, but right. uh, they still are holding on to this product. And so they're dumping it on the market for cheap just to get rid of it so they don't have to go through the pesticide testing. So once the stores buy this untested product, they have until the end of the year to sell it. So, you know, I right now there's there's just so much cheap weed out there. It's just gross. And it's really brought down the whole market. We've thankfully been able to maintain our price point along with some of the other high-end growers. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's a bloodbath out there for a lot of people because um, it's just brought the prices down. Now, once the stores go through all of that product by the end of the year and everything then will be clean as of 2023, I think we'll see another market adjust. Um, um, 
hopefully it'll be in the favor of the farmers, but that's all to be seen. Um, we have uh, under a minute, uh, really quickly, speaking of the Department of Health, you have health compliant strain specific dabs or entourage oil that are apparently the only other kind in the market tested for heavy metals. Uh, what, what can you tell us about those really quickly? Well, our, our biomass used to go to others, but um, we've decided to take our own biomass strain specific. We finally found an extractor that will do it the right way. Um, Mick from uh, Platinum Extracts back in the day, I don't know if you remember, he won a few dope cups in 2015 specifically. Mm -hmm. um, so he left, he left the industry, but uh, we got him back. And um, so he, he fully purges um, right now in this state, uh, you can like acetone, butane, peptane, ethanol, uh, wow. pentanes, propane. You can have 5,000 parts per million in one gram of oil because that's what the state allows. So this stuff tests at zero, zero wow. residual solvents and zero heavy metals. Okay, Without hold, testing. That, hold that thought, Sean. We got to go to break, but but we're going to come right back and talk about that. Don't go anywhere. I'm with Sean Denae. We're going to come right back after this break. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back with Sean Denae of Washington Bud Company. You were talking about um, your strain-specific dabs or entourage oil uh, tested for heavy metals, which we know are toxic to the human body. Your products also have no CRC washing or residual solvents. What does that mean? Why is that important? CRC is, is a color remediation um, column. It's also called CRX. So they're, they're um, silica-based um ways to uh, clean the, the oil from impurities. And so if- Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the US, more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. 
So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. If somebody's pressing or extracting oil and it comes out dark or laden with pesticides or other impurities, there's ways to chemically scrub that all out. And so what, why I'm excited about our oil is just from the first extraction, it comes out beautiful, golden, terpy, doesn't need any remediation whatsoever, which is why we call it entourage oil. It's whole plant. It's not been isolated or fractionated or pulled apart and put back together. It's just what the plant gives. And, um, you know, and the, and the heavy metal part, I've been pounding up and down on this for ever with the LCB is, is if people use cheap solvents, those solvents can leach heavy metals from the canisters that they come in, which then impart into the oil. Hmm. And so um, I think it's important for everybody to dab heavy metal free oil. Um, But we're the only ones that test it and prove it. You can't be doing self-care if you're putting toxins in your body, right? Um, Right. I want to talk about some policy stuff, but one more product uh, issue here. You have a product, Nava Pouches, 0.25 0.25 grams of ground flour in small pouches that fit personal vaporizers uh, that easy load and toss after 10 to 12 hits. Tell us, tell us how that works. Um, well, we're going to come out with that in uh, September. Nice. Um, it's really instigated because I like to smoke. I like to smoke flour. I don't like edibles, but my, my lungs are really telling it. Right. And so vaping is just easier. It doesn't burn the chlorophyll in the plant matter. Right. But for these personal vaporizers, you have to grind it, put the grind in the vaporizer, then clean it out. And, you know, all the elements are all goopy. So this is like a little tea bag with a quarter, quarter gram of ground flour in it. You just pop the pouch in the vaporizer and take your 10 to 12 hits and then pop it out and throw it away and put in another one and it'll they'll the pouches will fit any personal vaporizer um so we're pretty excited about that i'm excited personally because i hope it helps clear up my lungs a little bit can you touch on the unintended consequences of the 2018 farm bill that has led uh, to synthetically produced thc from hemp uh and why that's why that's an issue and what there's a, a lot of it out thing. there, man. There's a lot there's of it out there, it. especially with yeah. the CBD craze, right? Right, right. Yeah. So so the farm bill said, yeah, let's just take the foot off of hemp, let everybody grow hemp. Um, and what has happened is all of this CBD extraction, you know, since Sanja Gupta came on and Charlotte's Web became known, you know, CBD is the big, huge buzzword, Right. But there was such a glut of CBD oil that the chemists thought, well, what else can we do with this stuff? So they started um, um, converting it in their labs and changing hemp-based CBD into THCs, not only Delta-9 THC, but uh, more scarily, Delta-8, THCO, there's a whole list of them that you can synthetically make out of CBD oil. And uh, so those flooded the 502 market, THC isolate from CBD hemp flooded the 502 market for two years after 2018 farm bill 
passed and uh, the the uh, organization that I sit on the board with, we became aware of it about a year and a half ago, started getting a hold of the attorney general's office and everything to try to stop this stuff. But unfortunately, uh, the laws are written to give authority over Delta 9 THC, not any of the other THCs. And so um, uh, it, it's really up to the federal government now to uh, redefine that hemp bill. I mean, if they, if they really meant cannabinoids and intoxicating cannabinoids to come out of hemp, then they got what they wanted. But I really think that their intent was for fiber, fuel, industry, seed production, not, right. not growing hemp for cannabinoid production, which is actually what's happening. And it's been diverting product from those other things, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been replacing product that we grow. I mean, you know, we grow THC and uh, you can make you can make CBD out of orange pills, I understand, and then make that and turn that into THC. So, Crazy. you know, it's like if we want to preserve the plant, we've got to we've got to take these cannabinoids from actual natural growing plants, in my opinion. You are leading a policy pot party and political fundraiser on August 27th to discuss an omnibus bill to quote, fix I-502 and 502.2. Tell us about that. What, what do you intend to fix and how are you gonna do it? Well, there's a lot of talk about out-of-state ownership in Washington, um, out-of-state. You can borrow out-of-state money, but you can't give any of your shares of your company to ownership to out-of-state entities. So there's a lot of people that wanna do that. You know, They wanna bring in multi-state operators. We don't have the big multi-state operators in this state because they'd have to live in this state um, to own a license. And so, so if we do that, we have to ensure that the craft cannabis producers like ourselves have some sort of uh, guardrails, you know, like uh, to protect our business models. Otherwise, we'll just get steamrolled over by bigger interests and a lot more lobby money. Um, you know, so we're going for a, so we're going for a craft style um, designation like craft breweries or craft wineries. You can go out to the brewery and you can sample their brews and you can buy directly from them. And we want to be able to do the same thing. It, you know, we're we're really based off of the alcohol laws and there's precedent there. So um, that's one thing in in this omnibus bill we'd like to see. You know, we just need more more ways to market in this in this state um, there's a very limited number of stores and there's a lot of growers and uh and the unregulated market is still thriving here um mm -hmm. so if we can have more ways to market and get the patients out to the farms to view the farms get to know the farmers buy directly from the farmers um i think that would really help the the cannabis community overall Sean, do you feel that federal legalization is somewhat eminent or do you think that is something that we won't see for some time? And if so, why? Oh, man, you know, uh, I'm really for state legalized cannabis privileges that need to be nurtured and protected. Um, right now with women's rights over own bodies, you know, they've slid to the level of entitlement scrim state by state, just like cannabis. Um, I'm a strong proponent of states' rights having the upper hand on how their residents are governed. And so, you know, growing, processing, using cannabis is really not a right. 
we can count on. It's state by state. And there are opponents even in Washington state that literally hate the fact that cannabis was made legal by an initiative of the people. So, you know, we're just merely given permissions to pro proceed with this experiment without fear of local prosecution, but we still have the Fed over our heads. So, you know, I mean, think about it. We're currently debating such fundamentally time-honored topics like separation of church and state, the ability to love and marry whomever you wish without judgment or prosecution, you know, the responsible use of contraceptives, um, preserving social security for the aging population. There's so many more front burner issues for the feds to look at than cannabis legalization that I really don't see that it's going to happen any anytime within several future administrations i'll probably mm. be in the in the ground before it happens in my opinion um i think we should tackle some of the more human rights things in this country first but right. that's just my opinion well you know we have a political quagmire of unprecedented proportions at the moment don't we um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot, man. I'm talking to Sean today. We're going to take another quick break and come back for our final question. So don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. We're back on hemp present. Um, Sean, you know, I've, I've so much we could talk about. We have a short amount of time, unfortunately. Um, I want to ask you a couple things. How can people find out more about Washington Bud Company? Have you any plans to expand out of Washington State someday? And then what final thoughts would you just like to leave our listeners with? Uh, yeah, you can find out about us at wabudco.com. So that's real, real easy. Um, expanding out of Washington State someday. I don't see us physically doing that. I, I'm a real proponent of only grow as much as you can sell. We may expand our grow because we're only growing at about 25% of our licensed capacity right now. Mm -hmm. um, but what I did do years ago is I secured the URLs of several states. So I've got Arizona Bud Company, California Bud Company, Massachusetts Bud Company, on and on and on and on and on. And so on my list of things to do is to um, put together kind of a franchise branding agreement so that if people want to bring our strains in and use our uh, designs and packaging and images and logos and stuff, I can have that in a nice, neat little package. And when people go to Arizona, hopefully they can find our Blackberry Kush there under Arizona Bud Company. So that's kind of a project in the background. Um, Nice, nice. And, and you know, I guess I just, I just, you know, it's, it's hard to become an activist. And, um, you know, I just really encourage anybody listening to register to vote, pay attention, your vote does matter, your advocacy does matter, get to know who represents you in government, and um, get active. Because there's a whole plethora of topics <coughs> that they need to hear Excuse about me. from us. And activism works, right? I mean, our, our activism got you involved uh, back into the, the movement, the culture, and and you become a leading cannabis company in Washington State, right? Right, right. So yeah. You can have, you can have an impact on people. It works. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It's just real thankless work. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. That, that's a whole nother show, Sean. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. <laughs> You know, now if we can, you know, just get Seattle Hemp Fest back happening, it'd be great. But the important thing is, is that there are 
are free speech events and cannabis culture celebrations everywhere. I mean, that's that's where we need to go. And that's what the real goal is. Um, so, you know, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I want to thank you for all the support you've given the movement over the years. And I really want to thank you for all the great bud that you've been uh, in, infusing into our community. Well, you're welcome. We enjoy it. <laughs> our right. motto is be happy. So we want people to be happy in every aspect. <laughs> Don't worry, be happy. I'm all for that. All right. Well, you take care, Sean. Thank you, Vivian. That concludes this installment of Hammers on Cannabis Radio. When it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice to so find your voice. Speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. The hemp present intro music is Joanne Rand, Seven Mile Beach. And the outro music is by Stickerbush and Take Back the Plant. See you next week. Stay strong. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.